Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 27, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's 160... Let's try that again. Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 27, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's 160 days until Halloween. I'm your ghostess, Spencer. Let's see what we have on the slab this week. We've got a lot of horror moves to cover, so that's all we're going to handle this week. Cans happening, crimes of the future's happening, there's so many things that are happening we're just going to deal with that. But I will put out a review on YouTube for 2021's Last Night in Soho over the weekend. So you're still going to get a review from me this week. It just won't be in this episode today. It'll be over on YouTube and it'll go up as an extra episode in the feed for you, just like we did with the sadness a couple weeks ago. That's how we're probably going to do a lot of things. It just sometimes is easier with filming, with recording schedules and other things to just break the episode up into two little bits. So then you get two in a week. And if you don't want to listen to news and you just want to listen to the review, then you don't have to listen to me ramble on about the news. But it's time to get into it. Phoba St. Defani Hotel is a game being developed by Paltrick Studios and is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One's Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Steam. That's a lot of platforms it's coming to. The game trailer gave us a look at the gameplay and showed us a very interesting looking camera mechanic that lets you look into the past and the future to help you solve puzzles and plan what your next move is. You play as a journalist who must fight against the supernatural and uncover something bigger than dark and darker than he expected. Just a heads up though, there were a lot of spiders in the trailer, so if that creeps you out, maybe pass this one up. You can pick this up on July 28th. Hellpoint's getting a DLC and an Upgrade to current-gen consoles. Developer Cradle Games came out and let us know that the DLC named Blue Sun will give us three new locations, new armor sets, two-handed weapons, stat respecking, and a better inventory management. Those last two have been highly asked for by the community. The next-gen upgrades include improved resolution, 60 FPS, and faster loading times on PS5 and Xbox Series and X. It is not yet known if the upgrade will be free for current owners of the game. We do know that it's headed our way on July 12th. Slit, heading our way from Spiral Circus Games, is an underwater horror game that's getting a lot of comparisons to Limbo. The player controls a diver to find underwater secrets and mysteries while collecting the abilities of the deep sea creatures you encounter to continue your journey. It's a monochromatic black and white game with hand-drawn graphics by Mr. Mead. The game is headed to Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. The game looks really interesting and it does give me a big Limbo vibe. I really loved Limbo. It was one of the first uh, horror games that I like really evangelized to people who don't even like horror just because I really wanna see how people react to the ending of that game. So Slit is interesting. We'll have to see when it comes out what it's like, but I think it's it looks like something that I'll probably play. 
Damien Maffel is joining Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game, known for playing the man in the mask in the 2018 Strangers Pray at Night. We really don't know much more than he's joining the acting cast, but my bet is probably for one of the original family members Gunn has said is headed our way. When I know more, you'll know more. And our last little bit of video game news, Evil Dead the Game has sold 500,000 copies in five days. Saber Interactive let us know that that is better than World War Z and that a DLC based on Army of Darkness is coming soon. We already knew that we had seen a leak or maybe they told us Castle Kandar was coming, but we knew that was coming. There's been a couple leaks out too of we're probably getting flamethrowers at one point. I think I saw... Uh, Ruby from Ash vs. Evil Dead is headed into there and a couple more characters for unlockable chapters that are coming up. So that's exciting. I'm glad to see that they're really putting time and effort into the game. I'm still having a ton of fun. I am streaming this game two days a week on Wednesdays and Fridays. So you can probably catch the Friday one because that's when this podcast will be out. So yeah, come on by. It's on twitch.tv slash missnintendeek64 at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be playing a lot of Survivor. I have almost ground up Cheryl and we're definitely going to do that. And then we're going to pick a new character to grind on Friday. So come on. Come hang out. Let's get into TV news. This next story is going to bridge us from video game news into TV news. So let's get into it. Lady Demiscu in Resident Evil Season 2. Showrunner Andrew Dobb in an interview with The Gamer confirmed that the show is running alongside the events of Resident Evil Village. So if he, quote, wants to put a giant vampire lady in season two, he can. I'm not saying we're going to, but we can. That's definitely not the answer I wanted with the kind of clickbaity title that we got from this article. But as a fan of the vampire mommy... I can dream that we'll get Lady Demiscu in live-action Resident Evil. I do think it's interesting that the Resident Evil show is supposed to be coinciding with the, like, running along at the same time Resident Evil villages. It'll be interesting to see how Wesker is still alive. Interesting. Squid Game Season 2. Juan Duck Yuk has said to Vanity Fair that you don't expect it till late next year or early 2024. He only has about three pages of ideas to turn into the script, but he does know what he wants the show to be about. He wants to ask the question, is true solidarity between humans possible? Don't rush it, dude. We'll wait as long as we need to. You took a long time to develop the first Squid Game, and I think that that's part of why it's so well-crafted. So take as long as you need. I mean, Netflix probably doesn't like that answer, but take as long as you need. The internet got mad because Mindy Kaling is gonna play Velma, and that means Velma isn't white. In the new HBO Max adult animated series, Velma. I want a gory Scooby-Doo. This sounds great to me. I, again, I am just cannot believe that it is 2022 and people are mad that we're changing the race of characters. Like, who cares? Grow up. That'll be headed to HBO Max and I'm excited to see it when it gets there. People are comparing it to the Harley Quinn show, which I've only ever seen one episode of, but was very into and need to finish. So... I'm into it. Gory Scooby-Doo. Sounds great. Amazon Prime Video showed us the upcoming series, The Devil's Hour. In the teaser, we see Peter Capelli, everyone's mediocre doctor. I don't think he's anybody's favorite doctor. He was a pretty good doctor, though. And Jessica Rains, who plays Lucy, who is a woman who's awakened every night since childhood by night terrors at 3.33 a.m. The show looks interesting. 
I don't know if it'll hold my attention, but it is only a six part series. So that makes it more likely that I'll watch it. You should check out the trailer if it sounds interesting to you. And Evil is set to premiere on Paramount Plus on June 3rd. This is the third season. The series will row out weekly on Sunday nights. The teaser for the new season showed off all kinds of grotesque new monsters. It looks pretty gross if you've been into the show. I'd love to hear why I should watch it if you're a fan of the show. Let me know. And in news that's got me super excited, Matt Shackman, best known for directing WandaVision, is set to direct the first two episodes of Apple TV's four-way into the MonsterVerse, Godzilla. The show will feature Godzilla and the other Titans. Bloody Disgusting got a synopsis that goes as follows. Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the Untitled series explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy that links them back to the secret organization known as Monarch. I'm very excited. I love the MonsterVerse. Last week we got news that Kong versus Godzilla 2 is coming. Very excited for that. And now we've got news of this. I think Apple TV is the perfect place for the MonsterVerse on television. They put every dollar they spend on the television and they spend a lot of money on TV shows. So I'm very excited to see that show. And WandaVision was great. The direction on that show was great. So knowing that he's going to do episodes of it, the first two to set the tone of the show, even better. And in our last little bit of TV news, Fiona Dorf will be back for season two of Chucky. She's back to play Nika. Let's hope she also takes a turn at the surprise character she played in season one. I don't want to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen the show yet, but if you haven't, what are you waiting for? The Cannes Film Festival is in full swing. That means we've got tons of acquisition news and films to talk about. Let's get into it. Holy Spider was written and directed by Ali Abisi. The film is based on the true crimes of Sahih Hani, the Iranian serial killer who killed 16 women between 2000 and 2001. The film follows Rami, a Tehranian importer, who travels to... Mashta to investigate a killer who believes he is doing the work of God by cleansing the streets of sex workers. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the synopsis is as follows. As the body count mounts and Rami draws closer to exposing his crimes, the opportunity for justice grows harder to attain as the so-called spider killer is actually embraced as a hero by many. The trailer does an excellent job at setting the stakes of this film. Our female protagonist is in danger literally all the time from people who you would think would be there to help her and also the killer. It looks unnerving. I can't wait to watch it. This will definitely be one I check out when it heads stateside. Mary's Monster is headed to the Cannes market, a period film that follows the struggles of the mother of monsters while she works on finishing her the first sci-fi novel, Frankenstein. It stars Clara Ruggard and Kit Harrington, and the film's official synopsis reads, Mary is seduced by her own inner monsters, capitulating her into dangerous, destructive, psychological romance. Realizing the monster is inextricably linked to her own mental state, her only route to salvation is to bring him alive. The producers have described the film 
film is a high-concept rock-and-roll take on the romantic period, and the shooting will begin in the UK in August. Hopefully that means we'll see it sometime next year. I probably should take a second to explain what the Cannes market is. So you probably know what the Cannes Film Festival is. It's a film festival that takes place in the south of France. So there's the Palace de Festival, which is where all the movies and things that are being run during the Cannes Film Festival takes place. So there's the business part of the Cannes Film Festival, which is known as the Cannes Market or Cannes de Market, I think is what they, I mean, they have a French name for it. But across the street, a couple years ago, they built a whole new building specifically just for the market. And it has places where directors can show off first cuts and final cuts and people could have meetings and this... It's like where the business happens at Cannes. So when I talk about the Cannes market, that's what I'm talking about. And plenty of business deals ha happen outside the Cannes market. There's some of that happening this week. It's just a lot of indie movie news is happening right now. And that just happens to be horror. Though I do feel like there may be a lot more horror at Cannes this year just because the Palme d'Or was won by a horror movie last year, guys. Titan won. So Khan is not afraid to honor and recognize horror films. And I feel like we see a lot more of them in the festival itself. We've got a lot of horror movies and thrillers that have made their way into Cannes. And I think that that is a credit to the wonderful film Titan that we got last year. And the the, the jury of Khan being willing to respect that horror is a genre that is respectable and deserving of accolades, even in venues that are not genre specific. So, so let's get back into the news. The Virginia Bitches is also headed to the con market. Scott Hendenson directed this heavy metal horror flick that follows a female vampire death metal band. Randy Blythe of Lamb of God and Allison White Goots of Arch Enemy have signed on to start. They hope to start shooting this summer in Georgia. The concept sounds cool to me. I would love to see a vampire death metal band. So yes, sign me up. I will watch. In interesting news that we got from Twitter, one of my favorite movies is getting an unexpected sequel. WNUF's Halloween sequel is a sequel to 2013's W. W-U-N-F's Halloween special. W-U-N-F. I could never say that right. <laughs> I always look at it and I'm like, what? The director, Chris Lamartin, took to Twitter to let us know there's a teaser trailer and that the world premiere would be coming soon. That's super exciting. I love this film. I think it's great. I don't know how to say it other than that. It's like a great time. The first one is one of my favorite found footage films, and I can't wait to see what a sequel of it would be. Keeping Company is headed to VOD on June 7th. Bloody Disgusting gave us an exclusive look at the film and the official synopsis. Sonny and Noah are two brash door-to-door -door salesmen climbing the ranks within the corporate world of insurance. One day after feeling the heat from their boss to get their sales numbers up, they cross paths with Lucas, enigmatic antisocial creature whom they see as a potential new client. With no regards for Lucas's plea for privacy, they rudely force their way into his house, but soon find themselves trapped in the basin, incapable of escaping. As the spotlight shifts towards Lucas and his demanding grandmother, the similarities between the sinister household and the ruthless world of business begin to parallel each other. Go watch the trailer for this. It is so smart and funny and scary in like the horror funny way. I literally could not wait to check this out. The trailer's just great. I suggest you go check it out. It looks 
hilarious. Headed to the Cannes market for international rights sales, Squealer is the directorial debut of Andy Armstrong and was co-written by Armstrong and Danielle Bergio. The synopsis for the film is when a local cop and an overzealous social worker follow clues on a missing person case around town, the stomach-turning discoveries are unearthed on a pig farm where the town butcher has been slaughtering more than livestock. That looks pretty cool. I hope we get to see that soon. I don't know who has the U.S. rights for it, but... If they're outselling international rights, hopefully that means we get to see it this year sometime. I girl can dream. This next story is for all those Halloween lovers who love nostalgia. Hocus Pocus 2 finally got a release date. We know when we're going to get to see the Sanderson sisters again, and it will be on September 30th on Disney+. Plus. We also got an official synopsis from Disney. It's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame candle and resurrected the 17th century sisters who were executed for practicing witchcraft and they're looking for re revenge. Now it's up to three high school students to figure out how to stop the ravenous riches from wreaking a new kind of havoc on Salem before midnight on All Hallows' Eve. Everything about this looks like they've taken a ton of care in making this film, and I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. September 30th is not that far away. We just have to get through the hot, hot season of summer, and then it's here. And then it's October I'm so excited. We're getting so much closer. 160 days. I'm getting excited. Once we hit that past that halfway point towards Halloween, I just get real excited. And it just, I don't know. So we're almost there, guys. We got a first look at Dr. Jekyll. We talked about this film last month on the podcast when it was announced. Eddie Izzard stars in the new Hammer Studio remake of the ho classic horror novel. The worldwide sales are happening right now at the Cannes market. The poster shows Izzard in shadow as Nina Jekyll and Hyde in the table reflection. The poster looks cool. Eddie Izzard looks rad as Nina Jekyll. I am excited. I can't wait to see this. The I'm very just optimistic about bringing back Hammer Studios and these remakes. And I hope that this is like a good one to get it started and the ball rolling. Let's get into some Evil Dead Rise news. First up, the film's footage was included in a WB upfront. And while that footage will most likely never see, it is a good sign that the film is on track for a 2022 HBO Max release. I don't think it was ever in doubt that this was going to slip, but we haven't still haven't heard anything about it. So I'm very excited that it was featured in the upfront because that's selling ads and selling their brand for the next year. So I can't imagine they would have put it in the upfront if it was going to slip out of Halloween time. And the other news about Evil Dead Rise was from Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell in an interview in Art of Evil Dead the Game said that the film is very adult. Quote, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be really cool. And it's very, very intense. It's dark and a very adult Evil Dead movie, he teased. I wouldn't call it a yuck fest. It's pretty tough, pretty hard hitting stuff. And that's the variation that you have within the Evil Dead franchise and within horror itself. It's all about the filmmaker. Campbell goes on to say, Sam Raimi handpicks these guys. And so Lee Cronin, the guy who is directing it, he's a little bit of a serious dude. So you let him do his thing. I mean, that's exciting. I love that he brings up that Evil Dead is very much a franchise that is influenced by the filmmakers that make them. I mean, the Freddy Alvarez film could not be more different than the films that Raimi and Campbell made. 
I think living in the world and allowing there to be rules of what the Deadites can do and rules of what the Necronomicon could do and even having a little bit of play in those. But Sam Raimi being like confident enough in the world that he's built that he's let all these people play in the sandbox of Evil Dead to good result is how you should do franchise. Sam Raimi really hit the nail on the head with how he's handled Evil Dead. Slash Slash Back is a Canadian Inuit film that pits teenage girls against an alien invasion. The trailer gives a good look at the tone and the creatures the girls will be fighting against, and it looks hilarious. I can't wait to see this. I think it's going to be great. The film long line gives us a clue at what the plot is. In a remote Arctic community, a group of Inuit girls fight off in an alien invasion, all while trying to make it the coolest party in town. Many comparisons have come to Stranger Things and Attack the Block from folks who've seen it out of South by Southwest, and it's headed to theaters and on demand on June 24th. I can't wait to watch it. I'll probably cover it either on the show or on the YouTube channel, but we're definitely going to watch it. It has a lot of like great first. It's the first film that was filmed in this Inuit village in Canada. Um, there's all Inuit cast. It's great. I can't wait to see it. This looks hilarious. We've been tracking the production and the release of this film for quite a bit. The Passenger, the Spanish horror film by Raul Cesaro and Fernando Gonzalez Gomez, tells the story of strangers on a rideshare who pick up a woman who is hit by the driver. They quickly learn they shouldn't have let her in at all. We now know that this Dark Star Picture slash Buddy Disgusting release is headed to theaters on June 3rd and VOD and DVD on June 28th. The film's poster is very creative and unsettlingly shows the van on top of what looks like a demon head. We've got some more news from these guys in a little bit, but this film looks great and everything I've heard from everyone who has seen it says it's great. So I can't wait to see it when it hits VOD at the end of next month. I don't think you should sleep on this one. It looks very unsettling. Shudder is putting in the work for our dollars lately and they have required the rights for Nico Van Deer Brink's directorial debut, Moloch, a folk horror film that deals with a family who is attacked by a stranger. When our protagonist sets out to find out what happens, she begins to think that something ancient is haunting her. It's based off of Dutch folklore and it's headed to Shudder on July 21st. Also super interesting. I'm loving that we are getting so many foreign horror folklore pieces lately because folklore around the world is fascinating to me. So please just keep bringing me all of that shutter. Just put it directly into my eyeball. Neon has picked up Anya's Men, the Cornish horror film is set in 1973 on an uninhabited island off the British coast when a wildlife volunteer descends into a terrifying metaphysical and ecophysical journey that challenges her grip on reality and pushes her into a living nightmare. The deal was made right before Cannes and the film's debut at the director's fortnight at the festival. Scurry hit the Cannes market and according to Bloody Disgusting, Scurry... The city is under attack by monstrous threat. Two strangers, a man with a family with everything to live for, and a criminal with nothing to lose. They find themselves trapped underground during the chaos. Badly injured and with limited resources, they must navigate a treacherous, narrowing tunnel in hopes of finding an exit before they bleed out. The film will be directed by Luke Spark and will star Barry Pepper. It sounds interesting. I like the concept. I don't know. I like when we pit 
family people and criminals together. That's just something, I don't know, it sounds good. I'm into it. The Dutch COVID film, The Revelation, has secured worldwide distribution with incredible films. According to Screen Daily, the film is about an anxious, unemployed, and increasingly paranoid computer repairman who moves in with his mother at the start of the first lockdown. He's determined to protect her from the virus, but ends up being even more of a threat to her than the disease itself. This film looks like one of the first genuinely unsettling COVID films I've seen a concept for. So interesting. Uh, we'll all get to see it now that we're getting international rights and distribution figured out. So can't wait to see that one hit stateside. Starring the original Hulk, Lou Ferrino, The Hermit follows two friends on a fishing trip who venture into the woods and off the trail and then run straight into a murderous cannibal, the hermit, who's going to make them into jerky. The film will be the first English-language film for Salvador Scalafini, and Lou Ferrigno is super stoked to make his debut in horror, which is crazy. I can't believe this is he's now just making his debut in horror, knowing how much like love and respect he has for old Hollywood monsters. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to this and the idea of a jerky-making cannibal who lives in the woods is always a winning concept to me. This next film has been in a competitive situation for a little bit, and we finally got it figured out. Searchlight Pictures has picked up the rights to Night Bitch for $25 million. Based off the Rachel Yoder novel and starring Amy Adams, the film will go direct to Hulu in the United States and other Disney streaming platforms around the world. That's super exciting. I can't believe that a film that like this was such a hotly contested film. I'm sure it has a lot to do with Amy Adams. She's fantastic. And I am forever grateful that she has made a turn into thrillers and kind of horror-y thrillers. So can't wait to see that when it hits Hulu. Serpent of Death put out a trailer and a release date. Surprise, it's out today, May 24th on VOD. The film synopsis according to bloody disgusting is as follows a group of people travel by boat along a river making the startling discovery of a new breed of mutated snake that has become king of the jungle with its enormous size and quick speed they quickly realize that their weapons may not be a match for this deadly creature it looks like kong skull island if it was full of chinese CGI and special effects. There's piranhas that are attacking people. There's these giant snakes that are picking people off. It looks like a fun time. Don't go for a technically perfect time, but it looks like a fun time. Matthew Turry's new film, Dark Faces, is headed to the Cannes market. The film is set in 1956 France and follows a professor and a team of miners that go deep into a mine only to have it collapse behind them and must find a way out. It sounds interesting. Turi's a fantastic filmmaker, so I look forward to pretty much everything he puts out. We found the next project. We found out more about the next project from Alex Proyas, best known for Dark City and The Crow. It's his new project is called The Dark Sister, and it's currently on the Cannes market. The film, according to Bloody Disgusting, is a female-driven fever dream of revenge and gothic horror. The synopsis is that it follows the newlywed but unhappy Alice who stumbles across her doppelganger, Issa, whose existence is 
a mystery steeped in a tale of bloody retribution against her oppressor and the hellish supernatural nightscape and the dread of the uprise against a deceitful aristocracy. That sounds like a lot of stuff to put in one movie. The film is headed into production in late 2022 through 2023. So that's one's pretty far off in the future, but looks like we'll see it maybe 2024. The feature debut from Pierre Tisagardius, Two Witches, got acquired at the Cannes market. Arrow Films picked up the rights for the US, the UK, Canada, and Ireland. This film prefered at the Sieged Film Festival, and it was shown last year at the Salem Horror Fest. The film follows a matriarchal witch who passes her power on to her granddaughter, triggering horrific curses. The film is headed for an October release of this year, so I'm excited. If it's anything like Hellbender, I'm down. Like, Hellbender has gotten me on this familial witch movie bandwagon. If you haven't seen Hellbender, please go watch it. And a little bit of sad news. The last voyage of Demeter has been delayed. The Dracula film is moving out of January 2023 and into August 11th, 2023. Based on a single chapter from Stroker's Dracula, the film tells the tale of a ship who carries 24 wooden crates from Carpathia to London and the doom fates of the sailors on board. Fathom Events is helping us celebrate the 40th anniversary of The Thing. July 19th and 22nd, The Thing will be headed back to theaters. As always, you can find out more at Phantom Events. Daughters was acquired by Dark Star Pictures at the Cannes Market, the directorial debut of Corey Deshawn. The film is about a young woman who's induced into a bizarre family as their surrogate daughter. That's all we've got to know about it. It's got a pretty great cast you i guess we'll keep you posted as more things happen featured earlier in the news for their current release the passengers raul cesaro and fernando gonzalez gomez second horror film has been picked up at the cans market by filmax the feature is set to be complete in june and the film follows an oxygenarian who enters a state of dementia after the sudden suicide of his wife sparking a series of paranormal events that put his family's lives at risk the film is also named the elderly which i don't think i said so it's exciting to see them getting right back in into the horror genre and if the passenger lives up to everything it says this sounds like a movie that will scare me to death as i get older movies about being old scare me more than anything we talked about this during the x review but yes scary speaking of x a24 had a decent weekend at the box office men took in three million dollars i have yet to see it i want to see it can't wait to see it hopefully that comes to vod soon and now let's get into the extras the little bits and bobs that don't fit in anywhere and we just have two stories and extras this week one of them is last week was funko's funkoween they do a little celebration every year around the halfway to halloween mark where they show us off all the cool horror pops and stuff that's coming and the lounge fly stuff and other things of the extended funko brand uh, we're getting three different Leprechaun Funkos headed our way. Amazon and FYE are getting exclusive var variants. Bride of Chucky is getting all kinds of cool things. So there's Funko Pops of Tiffany and Chucky who 
are in like a regular set. And then also there's a Hot Topic exclusive Blacklight variant, which there's a bunch of Blacklight variants for all of your favorite horror icons coming out this year. And I want them all. I just want a little case in the back of my office with a Blacklight and these crazy looking um, Funko Pops. They're just out of this world looking. And then Walmart will be getting two different Funko slash lounge ply backpacks for Bride of Chucky. One of them is like an all over print and the other one has Chucky and Tiffany on it. And then that's not all, folks. Loungefly also announced that there'll be a cosplay backpack, which is basically just Tiffany's torso. So the bridal dress, the leather jacket, her Tiff necklace. It's super cute. I really want it. I don't need it. They also came out with a wallet for the Bride of Chucky, which has both Tiff and Chucky on it. Super cute. And another... Another horror franchise that's getting a lot of love from Funko this year is Trick or Treat. Uh, Sam will be getting some new Funko Pops. He seems to have a pop every year. I think there is also a blacklight version of him. Then we got a Loungefly collection that is absolutely adorable. It includes a backpack, a crossbody bag, and a wallet. So that's all that came out of Fun Coeen that I could talk about. I had to cut a bunch of it. Otherwise, we'd been here forever with me reading details of like Stranger Thing Pops. And like, if you're interested in Funko and its extended brands, go check out their Instagram. They have all the Fun Coeen stuff up there. And in our final news story of the week, Halloween Horror Nights is back like it wasn't going to come back. <laughs> we learned the theme for this year, though, and it is called Legends Collide. That is the theme at both Hollywood and Orlando. It will combine Dracula, the Wolfman and the Mummy. Orlando will be starting the festivities off on September 2nd. Hollywood will follow along shortly after on September 8th, and both will run through Monday, October 31st. Slash will also be composing some songs for the original houses. That's exciting. I'm excited. Halloween Horror Nights is here. I'm, again, not anywhere close to being near one, so I probably won't get to go. But I'm hoping that this year I can check out local haunts here in Oregon and maybe for if some reason I get to go to Halloween Horror Nights, then I will do a whole thing. But one year I'm going to cover Halloween Horror Nights at Halloween Horror Nights. It's going to happen. I miss it. When I lived in LA, that was a yearly thing I did. That and uh, and uh, the Knott's Berry Farm Horror Fest, or I don't even know what they call it. Knott's So Scary Farm, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, those two were always things that I had to do. And that Halloween Horror Nights news is going to do it for this week. I'm your ghost is Spencer. You can find me all over the web as Miss Nintendeek64. That's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, I stream horror games twice a week on Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and Fridays starting at 5 p.m. Pacific for what I like to call Friday Night Frights. We're currently grinding up survivors in Evil Dead. I'd love to see you over there. Come hang out with me. It'll be fun. Uh, did you know we have a YouTube channel? Uh, I'm sure you did. I put all kinds of videos up there now. We've got a couple videos coming out this week. One about books, one about my favorite found footage movies, 
Uh, there's going to be a review of found footage phenomena and a review of Last Night in Soho. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff going on over at the Is It Halloween YouTube channel. So you should go over and subscribe. Get extra stuff, extra content, exciting over there. See my face and my cool colored office. You can follow the show at A Halloween Club. That's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube also. I think that's going to do it. And so... You know what time it is. Sleep or don't. Super Shepard.